So how was your day? Eh, just a wild day, you know. Okay, couldn't hear that. You, you went. Just a wild couple days. Well, what would happen? Yeah, Sponsy was talking about killing himself, and I guess he tried. Okay. Well, right on. He could have made it out. Wouldn't have to deal with this bullshit. Wouldn't have to deal with a world where the chicks that are good to you for like three days disappear all of a sudden. Well, tried and failed. Okay, well, I've tried and failed a bunch of times, so shit. It's like the suicidal tendency song. You know, like, I'm a suicidal failure. I gotta get some help. I got suicidal tendencies, but I can't kill myself. Uh, was it a I, I, I was it? It's a. I jumped off the. I tried to jump off a bridge. Uh, tried to shoot myself in the head. Took all my mom's sleeping pills, but I'm still not dead. <laughs> it goes on from there, but. Well, be even with so I relate to that song because I've done the same thing. You know, I've tried to, tried to starve myself and couldn't keep that up after ten days. I tried to fucking, you know, take a bunch of pills and I wound up waking up from that. I fucking tried to run into traffic and I always like get too chicken shit in the middle of that. You know, tried to jump off, tried to get the guts to jump off the uh, fucking subway bridge, and I still didn't have the guts to do that. So it's like, okay, you know, I'm, I relate to the same shit. Yeah, but, but at least he's trying. You know, at least that's why I gotta keep trying. But, you know, shit. He tried for a couple days, like, refused to get an Arcan when he, I guess, took too much meth. And, uh, Why would you give somebody Narcan when they took meth? I'm not sure, because a lot of meth has fentanyl in it nowadays. Well, no, if it's got fentanyl, then it's more than meth. So he must have had, meth, had fentanyl, but, like, why would you want meth with fentanyl? Like, those are, like, the opposite effect. You know, like, either you want to get hyper... Or you want to get, you know, mellow and feeling and feeling uh, good or whatever, you know, like, I mean, I guess tweet makes you feel good too, but it's like, why would you take something that makes you mellow when you want to take something that makes you hyper? That doesn't make sense. Mm, not sure. Then he well, took fentanyl to make sense. You know, like, why the fuck are you putting something that's not what the people want in something? You know, that doesn't make sense. You know, if you want to get hyper, you don't want to do fentanyl. You know, that doesn't make sense. And then he shot up a half gram of fentanyl today. Okay, well, cool. Is he, how's he feeling right now? Yeah, I guess talking to me helped him get out of it. No, but I mean, is the, is the fentanyl making him feel good? Yeah, he was trying to kill himself. Like, a half gram of fentanyl's a lot. Okay, well, fuck. I don't know. At least he's trying. 
fuck, I gotta try harder. Damn it. I don't wanna live in this shit. It's like fucking, I gotta go on the street and have that kind of nightmare until what, you know, until I can finally get a chick who's willing to fuck me, you know, who's not a fucking crack whore that's just had to rip me off. You know, like, fuck. Yeah, no, she's not willing to. What, Russell in the background? Yeah. Yes, it has to be a woman. <laughs> and a woman that's not going to make me settle for fucking crappy safe shit. Then I uh, got, got my student loan payment down to $0 a month, so that's good. Okay. How'd you do that? Income-driven repayment. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. So, I guess your loans are, are they clear now, or? No, it's got to, like, I would have to basically have zero payments for 20, 25 years, and then it would be forgiven. Well, if you're going to do the selling, i got to, like, i got to get that shit together. Okay, well, maybe I better not, because that's too many people. Yeah, I think I'll stay here, but... Yeah, no, 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 that's getting me in the government situation. Fuck that shit. And then, uh... Yeah, you called me, well, texted me wigging out, and then fucking got me to call a fucking cab for him, and then he doesn't get in the cab, and that wasted 16 bucks. Okay, well, that's kind of, so, like, what do you do, just walked off? He never went to the cab. Okay, so where did he go? He was still in the hotel, I guess, doing meth with his friend. Okay, well, maybe the meth will help him. I don't know. Then went to a meeting earlier today. So that was good. Uh Talked to my family. Uh... Watch Tower of Draga. Uh-huh. And then I got too tired to do the Zoom meeting today, so you know, just went to sleep. And then just woke up now. So you know. I haven't been able to sleep. Yeah, that's basically it. No, see, I wasn't able to sleep uh past two days I've had a hard time sleeping. Just uh too much, uh, just that situation, I don't know, just too many, too much, uh, I don't know, like, uh, the spirits that want me to accept the changes for the worse from the Democrats are, like, trying to psychologically wear me down, and I'm not going to accept it. I'm not going to accept 
the life that's not worth living that they're trying to make me live because of their fucking health restrictions and their other bullshit. I want to be able to fucking have a, a, a you know, like one, I'm not going to, it's, it's all this kind of shit, you know, like has all this shit that has a lot to do with the, what women want that I don't want, you know, but damn it. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, I'm not going to take the, uh, I mean, first, that, that, that they made it so that you can't visit somebody unless you have a goddamn vaccine passport, that you can't visit somebody in a fucking hospital is fucking lame in the first place. That's like the Shawandas of the world fucking running everything and just making everything fucked up when it would be better if we could all die and at least see our fucking relatives before your friends or whatever while they're in the fucking hospital so it isn't a situation where now you're in a hospital nobody can visit you unless they prove that they were willing to take the the fucking bioweapon uh you know it's like it's like uh just and if, you know, all the people that aren't willing to go along with us, well, guess what? You're in here. You're not going to see them again. And we can do whatever the fuck we want to you now. And nobody knows about it because there isn't anybody who can tell what's going on that they're doing to you in the first place. And it's like, and then it's like, uh, uh, and then, you know, it's like, and then, you know, I was thinking of, of chicks that just want to, like, would rather stimulate their brain than stimulate your dick and rather want to, like, get take all these classes and be too busy to fuck you and do all this shit and get a job where they're going to be too busy to fuck you. And, you know, that's why we need Al-Qaeda to fucking take over the country. You know, we need to make it illegal for women to get jobs and for women to get a college education so they won't be too busy to fuck us. And fucking... And just... All this shit, it's like... What, you don't you know, like... It's like, damn, you know, they don't want to be with you unless... Uh, it's like, oh, if I get too close, I'm going to get coronavirus, blah, 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 blah. You know, just, all this shit, it's just, no, it's, it's just, fuck this, I'm not going to live in this, in this, I'm not going to let you, I'm not going to let you have this world of health and safety, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let it happen if we, to stop all these fucking health and health restrictions, man. I'm. We need AR-15s. We need AR-15s to stop these health restrictions. You know, it's just give us our freedom back, or or your kids have to die. Fuck it. That's all that's going on. Yeah, that's kind of what's going on. But well, it's just like I just haven't 
slept really good the past night. Like in the morning, I got a little bit of sleep in the morning, but I wasn't able to fall asleep until at least like six or seven in the morning. I got a little, like a few hours of sleep, but I have not been sleeping good the past couple days just from my, the spirits are trying to get to fuck with me, just trying to, uh, just psychologically wearing me down. Mm-hmm. So, shit. Uh, welcome back to the Kyle Chaos and Aaron Order show. I'm your host, Aaron Order. I'm Kyle, I'm Kyle Chaos. Anyway, um, what am I thinking? We're, we're still doing InfoWars? No. Oh, we're not. Okay. Like, how much InfoWars did we... Did we do a whole good chunk of InfoWars yesterday? Or two days ago? Yeah, we did two hours. So that's it. Because in case you... Like, the woman I was talking to for the past three days, all of a sudden she disappeared. And I called the hospital, and they say she's not there anymore. And... But they won't tell me what happened to her. And... So it's like she just disappeared on me. So everything's back to, you know, like every everything that seemed like it was going positive and like I could change the script just turned out to be a bunch of bullshit again. And now the the script seems to be the same bullshit. So it's. You know, I, I hope that dude's successful. I hope he's able to successfully kill himself and that he doesn't have to fucking live through a world like this. I hope I can successfully kill myself so I don't have to live in a world like this. I'm pretty much indifferent to the situation. Yeah, right on. You're in the place without pity. Right on. But, uh, I don't know. It'll be good. And I can prove to... Myself that all this shit my parents told me about. Oh, I'm gonna go to hell when I die because I'm not sorry for not doing what they wanted me to. Then you know, it's not really the kind of person they wanted me to be or what their god wanted me to be or whatever. Fuck it. It's not really a lack of pity. It's just you know, he's sitting there crying wolf. And when I try and help him, he doesn't take the help and just continues to try and kill himself, so. Yeah, well, that's good. I mean, I cry wolf too much, and that's the problem. I gotta shut the fuck up half the time. I was doing this as crying wolf, and I gotta shut the fuck up, because it's like, it's like, you know, until I actually am successful, it doesn't mean shit, you know. And I can babble about it all I want, because it's going on in my mind, but, you know, it's like, that's not going to help me. That's just going to get more people on my ass. And I don't want people on my ass. So it's like... So it's not smart to keep saying this shit. It's just dumb. It doesn't help. But, you know, that's what's going on in my mind all the time. So what the fuck?
ain't cover the first article. Kind of. I mean, I, I really. I mean, it's a drag. I really want to know what the World Economic Forum, what other stuff the World Economic Forum is saying. So if they, there's new shit that they're doing that we don't know about, it would be good to know about it. But probably Google's not going to tell us anything. So. Yeah, I looked at InfoWars over the last couple of days. I didn't see anything now. Okay, so they're saying the same old... It's just the same shit. They're like trying to ramp up the health restrictions... And then once they do that, they can control everything and make everybody socialist. Pretty much. Okay. Well, we got to stop them from doing this shit. We got to stop the World Health Organization from doing this bullshit. We got to get our freedom back because this is not a a life worth living that they want to put us through. this chick was just doing this to fucking maybe this chick was just calling me just so like uh, and maybe not maybe she was for real but just like all of a sudden she disappears and I can't see her you know it's like maybe she was just trying to see if I'd take the vaccine to see her or something and when I said no then maybe you know it's like then she can tell all the other lesbians you know we got it I don't know maybe not I don't know group keeps acting like seeming like she's trying to make up reasons to be near me. Oh, cool. Then it's also like, I don't know. No, 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 I don't, she didn't take any of the good, or she, maybe she might have taken some good weed. Okay, so, cool. Okay, well, at least there's some good weed. Um, I'm still here, okay, but she took that whole bowl of weed without the fucking lid on it. But okay, you know, it's like, I don't know, I'm debating. I'm not sure whether it's worth it to try and get a good herb when I get money to go before I go on the street or fucking not worry about it because I need to save my money for food and place to stay and shit. But Because once I get some good weed, I'm sure somebody will try to, to take it once I try to get you know, once I once I offer them the papers or whatever, it'll just probably fucking disappear and they'll steal it anyway. But and maybe I can smoke some. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know whether it's worth it or not. Best to just go to the dispenser so you don't get ripped off. Well, yeah, no, no. I mean that'll be good. But I'm just saying later on somebody will take that weed or something. You know. 
making me some instant coffee. All right on. That's the bomb. I'm just drinking water while you're doing that. Still keep thinking about this big ass spider I killed in my house a couple days oh. ago. Right on. Yeah, it was basically like a napkin ain't gonna do the job to kill this fucker. Uh -huh. Barely managed to kill him with the. Uh, shoot. Like that fucker wanted to live. Uh, ready for the first story? Okay, yeah, let's hear the first story. Guns in Ohio, DeWine's record since Dayton shooting. What? I guess, uh, Mark DeWine or whatever, the governor's record since Dayton shooting. Which shooting in Dayton? <laughs> uh, just where a guy tried to kill some people and then immediately got killed by the cops. Okay, is this different from... Okay, the one that happened a few days ago, was that... Where was that in? That was in... Uh... No, they're talking about the past. Like, uh, the last two shootings happened in Texas. Okay, so that was Texas. This is... Uh, um... They're talking about where I live. Okay, well, so... Okay. What kind of a shooting was it? Was it, like... It was an Dude, attempted mass shooting. Yeah, okay, well. Fuck, you know, just, uh, that's part of, we were made to do that, damn it. We were made to finally get our revenge. Kill as many people as we can, that's what we were made for. And I guess now candy made with GIF is, uh, yeah, candy and snacks made with GIF now being recalled. Okay, so which candy and snacks are made with GIF?
Like, what peanut butter candy and snacks are made with Jif? Uh, trail mix, I guess. Oh, shit. Well, a bunch of acid heads are going to be pissed off. So, supposedly, trail mix is, like, one of the best things to eat when you're on acid. Because the nature spirits won't fuck with you if you eat that when you're on acid. So... supposed to eat when you're on acid and nature spirits did fuck with me you know but that's uh, another you know that's why in general you don't want to eat when you're on acid <laughs> and probably you know next few days you want to like kind of eat more vegan shit so that the nature spirits don't fuck with you but uh, Who's taking acid? I don't know. A bunch of people. At least when I did it, that's what happened. I guess 16 people from 12 states have been infected. Okay. Okay, so trail mix, what, else, what other stuff is in, is, uh, has just in it? Uh, is there? Yeah. Okay, you're looking for the list? Yeah. Peanut butter, butter type, so... Yeah, it's all across the GIF. Like, what do you mean? Like... Including creamy, crunchy, natural, and reduced fat are all... Being recalled. Reduced fat what? Peanut butter. Okay, well, we knew the peanut butter. We're just trying to figure out what other foods besides peanut butter are, are being recalled. So peanut butter and trail mix, what else? Mixed produce of Little Canada, five ounce packages of egg and cheese curds, power box. Okay. And what else? Walmart branded fudge made with Jif peanut butter. Walmart fudge. 
Fresh Del Monte is recalling fresh cut fruit and vegetable products. Okay, so don't get, uh, I guess, Del Monte fruit and vegetable products. And 7-Eleven that sells that. What, the, the fruit and vegetable products? Yeah. Okay. From Del Monte. They're recalling chocolate, fudge, caramel corn, assorted creams containing recalled Jif peanut butter. Okay, so who makes the chocolate fudge with uh, Jif peanut butter? Ohio-based Koblenz Chocolate Company. Okay, so don't get Koblenz chocolate, chocolate fudge. Or caramel corn. Apple slices, cut up celery, That's it. Okay. There you go. Next article. Yeah, let's go to the next article. Oh, yeah. Don't eat Ritz crackers. Damn. Okay. Try not to offer, get anybody's Ritz crackers that they offer you. Yep. AOC says she might ditch her Tesla after Elon Musk feud. Okay, why is she fighting with Elon Musk now? She had a Twitter feud. Okay, so what are they fighting about? Um... The Twitter moderation policies and voting Republican. Okay, well, voting Republican, I kind of get her thing on why you want to vote for them, but the moderation policies, I mean, that's really something that's really lame that you believe in. Alexandria um, Ocasio Cortez. Wait, what was the first name? 
Alexandria. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Um, but it's like, okay, one, most of the Democrats are supporting the war, and you don't support the war. And so do you really think it's okay to censor Putin and whatever he says about, you know, whatever his side of the issue is? That's not cool. So only your socialist people shouldn't be censored and everybody else should be censored because there's only one right way to think. You know, that's fucked up. And, I, and I'd like you as a politician, but damn it, when you want to censor the media, when you want to uh, lock down the country, when you want to uh, uh, force everything to be tailor-made to germaphobes, when you want to... Uh, uh, make it so the government can shut down every small business and make it hell for anybody who has a business. And, and I mean, which I understand making it hell for businesses if, you know, in order to stop them from, from, uh, uh, from making shit hard on people that don't have money, but it's just, you're going to let the government have that much control over everything that's that's where I disagree with you. The government shouldn't be having that much control over everything. And overall, I think you're a good politician. I think a lot of people criticize you way too much. But when it comes to you thinking it's okay to censor anybody that doesn't believe you know what, what you consider the right way, including even Putin, uh, all this censorship is, is, is just bullshit. You're doing the same shit that the Republicans are doing to library books. And it's it's just as bad. So, no, you're, you're, the socialists aren't the only people who have the correct viewpoint on things. And then she's also bitching about him not having a unionized company. Okay, well, that part, I understand bitching about him on that. I mean, he should let people have unions. You know, it's like if people feel like you're a bad dude to work for and want to have a union, then let them have a union. You know, prove to them that you're not a bad dude to work for. Otherwise, you say, well, too bad. I'm a bad dude to work for. Uh, you can't try to, to make things better for yourselves. If you don't like what I'm saying, tough shit, leave. You know, <laughs> I agree with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez on that. And then she's saying he's a billionaire. I could care less what he thinks. Okay, well, I kind of agree on that too. I just care about having freer speech on the internet and if he buys Twitter then that'll be one place where there will be freer speech on the internet <laughs> I mean we used to have free speech on the internet till some point in 2015 and then at that point we lost it and we lost it bad and everybody started trying to censor everybody and uh, it was fucked up And then she said, tired of having an April 
tired of having to collectively stress about what explosion of hate crimes is happening because some billionaire with an ego problem unilaterally controls a massive communication platform. Okay, so what? Okay, it's like... If somebody's going to do some kind of crap, eventually the cops are going to get them and they're going to go to jail. If they're going to, you know, like do some kind of racial killing, the cops are going to get them and they're going to go to jail. That doesn't mean, oh, we should not let people say their opinion uh, on whatever because someone might be offended. It's, you know, you don't worry about it. You know, if someone gets a bunch of people to kill people that's when you you know for some for some fucking racial reason or or something that's when you go and arrest them that's when you know those dudes are going to jail you know it's like but just for saying shit that's dumb and if you're that afraid because people are saying something how many of those people that are saying something are actually going to do something then that's just getting too crazy And then Elon Musk replied, stop hitting on me, I'm really shy. Yeah, that'd be a good, good comeback to her. Right on. <laughs> then Ocasio-Cortez replied, like I said, ego problems. Okay, well, either way, you know, uh... I need something, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, uh, I don't know. I, I, uh, if I had his ego, then maybe I could uh, be better at talking to chicks. I don't know. <laughs> uh, he's just bullshitting. He's a pretty good looking guy. Well, no, he probably is, but, you know, that's, and that's probably why he has such a major ego, you know, so, okay, that's it, he's one of the beautiful people, so he can get chicks, he's beautiful and he's rich, so he can get chicks easy. And he's a genius. Okay, so he's beautiful and he's a rich genius, so he can get chicks easy. Uh, probably. Okay, right on. Yeah, my sister was trying to figure out why people are paying attention to Elon Musk and what he says about population, and I'm like, well, he designs rocket ships, so I'd listen to him before I'd listen to a lot of these politicians talking about shit. I mean, I wouldn't really take anything any billionaire says seriously, because they're billionaires. They're the people that kind of run the country. And so I just don't take them that seriously. I mean, I I trust an activist before I trust a billionaire. You know, I I. Uh... But uh, okay. Well, he is technically an activist if he's trying to get the Brazilian government to be kinder to the environment. Yeah. No, but. Good luck doing that. You're, you're, you're talking to a dude that's not really that sympathetic about the environment. So. 
you know, if you, if you think you can convince this asshole to do it, right on. But I think with an asshole like Bolsonaro, I don't think you can really convince him to do much. Yeah, like, uh, Musk said he'd oppose democratic views on restricting free speech. Right on. I oppose that, too. (laughs) Okay. Apparently, he's been feuding with Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren as well. Okay, well, they both are good politicians on most issues, but they also really believe in socialism really heavy. And uh, uh, one who... Anyway, but they both believe in socialism really heavy, and they want the government to be on everybody's ass about everything and force a bunch of things down people's throats. And I don't think we need the government to force a bunch of shit down people's throats as much as I like Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez as as politicians. But I don't believe the government should have that much power to have that much control over that many people's lives. And and that's where I differ with Bernie Sanders or Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or Elizabeth Warren. Uh, it doesn't mean I'm not going to vote for them unless, like, if... Well, if they, they did stop... vote for the war. Wait, who voted for the war? Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren weren't on the list of people who voted against it. Okay, well, then that gives... Bern... Okay, if, if Bernie Sanders voted for this war and Elizabeth Warren voted for this war, and who else voted for the war? Uh, that's the only ones in this article that I can think of. If Bernie Sanders voted for the war and Elizabeth Warren voted for the war, that just, again, like, that just to me makes everything else they stood for that I believed in him on, that makes them not, not, uh, uh, they lost my vote over that. That, this war is such a fucked up thing. That I, I can't vote for anybody who voted for that. Anybody who voted to to fund the Ukraine with weapons or to arm the Ukraine with weapons and to do the sanctions on, on Russia, I can't vote for. Even if it's Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren. And I liked them mostly up to this point, except for when Bernie Sanders voted for the anti-crime bill and then did a really lame reason why he voted against it or why he voted for it when he was running for president. And I kind of said, this gives me a lot of reservations about uh, Bernie Sanders. But if he's supporting this war, uh, arming Ukraine and doing the sanctions on Russia, you made me think everything bad that I thought about you when you supported the anti-crime bill in 1994 because it was so important to disempower men and put men in jail easier to do a domestic violence uh, act that you had to sign this whole anti-crime bill that put a bunch of people in jail. Uh, No, I can't support Bernie. 
since you supported the war, that just makes me think you're going to cave into the to the big corporations on anything really important to the, the big corporations won eventually. You know, and all the lip service you're giving to to uh, and you have done some good votes on things, but a lot of the lip service you're giving to uh, the base of your party, I don't think you're serious about it anymore. I mean, at this point, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has a lot more credibility to me than Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, Mad Maxine Waters wasn't on the list of people who voted against it either. Yeah, no, well, that's why I, I don't try, I totally don't like Maxine Waters after this. Does anybody who voted for to, to arm the Ukraine and to do the sanctions on Russia is somebody I can't vote for anymore? This war is what the big corporations wanted, and by going along with this, you kiss the ass. You kiss the asses of the big corporations. And that makes, in my mind, that makes you not have any credibility anymore. Yeah, the squad raised their stock with me, if only slightly with that move. No, they raised their stock with me heavy on that move. Like, that's, this war is kind of how, is one issue where I, where I, uh, uh, it's to me a litmus test for politicians. You know, like anybody who went along with this war is somebody I can't vote for anymore. Anybody who went against this war is somebody I can vote for. And that's the end of the article. Okay. And then uh, Mark Meadows burned papers after meeting with Scott Perry, January 6th panel told. Okay. <clears throat> Let's go into the, speaking of that, because that's with something else I was thinking of. Uh, the insurrection, you know, like, I was just thinking of that because I think the insurrection was really all about these health uh, restrictions that, fucked us over i don't think it had as much with the lie that 20 that trump won the 2020 election which i don't think that happened i think it's more people were so pissed off at the democrats for these health restrictions and for taking away our freedom that it it justified an insurrection and speaking of the insurrection like the democrats are making a real heavy move on uh People like uh, Madison Cawthorn because they reversed his insurrection thing in court. Okay, what, what does that mean? Uh, basically, like he can be barred from office right now. Okay, well, he, he, he lost the election anyway, didn't he? Yeah. So he only has like a few months. Yeah. But like, who are they barring anybody else from office or just Madison Cawthorn? Well, they're trying to get people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and stuff like that, so her shit might get overturned, too. Okay, well, we gotta make sure that they can't bar anybody from office based on whatever they said about the the res- the, the uh, insurrection, because they're just trying to get a lot of the more human Republicans that are 
that are uh, uh, talking about populist issues out of office so that they're everything can go more mainstream and we can't let the the Marjorie Taylor Greens of, of uh, we can't let the Marjorie Taylor Greens or any other politician like that be banned uh, because of their populist issues. And then a bipartisan group of senators convened on Thursday to discuss a path forward on gun reforms. Okay, well, this is scary. So, yeah, let's go into this because we could be losing heavy amount of freedoms and making it a lot easier for uh, our government to become as draconian as Canada and Australia and France and Germany. So we got to, like, not let them even, even ban AR-15s. Because if they make the country as draconian as Canada or Australia or Germany or France, then we're going to need the AR-15s to fight this this uh, draconian government if it becomes as draconian as those countries. And speaking of... Uh insurrectionists like uh they shot down like the republicans shot down a anti-domestic terrorism bill today right on well let's go into that let's go who from the republicans and the democrats voted against it that's that's what matters uh it was a 50 50 vote okay so like who voted were there any Democrats that voted against this bill? Uh, it was uh, the majority leader, Chuck Schumer. He voted nay, so they could bring okay, it up well, for Stark's... a vote again. What? He voted nay, so they could bring it up for a vote again at another time. Okay, well, that's not really voting against it. But no other Democrat voted against it? Not that I know of. Okay, well, that then that makes even because this is another important bill that if even if 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 uh, this sucks, this really sucks to me because even if if, if Alexandria Ocasio Cortez voted for this bill and if Elon Omar voted for this bill, then I can't vote for anybody who's a Democrat. Then even those people. How so? They said they wanted to go after neo-Nazis and white supremacists. Yeah, but it's not just going to go after neo-Nazis and white supremacists. It's going to go after especially libertarians and and uh, patriot movement people. And, yeah, I was being a little uh, and it's going to go after left-wing people. That means they can go after Black Lives Matter. That means they can go after anything like a Symbionese Liberation Army if it happens again, or or, uh, or uh, uh, the Move Organization, or any group like that. They could go after the Black Panthers. They could go after all those people, as long as this anti this uh, domestic anti terrorism act happens. So again, now there's no Democrat I can vote for. So now all I can vote for is Libertarians. So far, unless 
new people get elected in office, all I can vote for is libertarians, greens, uh, and uh, uh, peace and freedom, maybe, and uh, uh, um, some Republicans. And, and this was in the Senate, though. This has House of Representatives people haven't voted on this yet. They're the ones who passed it first. Oh, so House of, okay. So did both houses passed it, or? Well, the House of Representatives, and then it got struck down in the Senate. Okay, but was this vote from the House of Representatives or the Senate? The Senate is what struck it down. Okay, so. Were there any Democrats in the House of Representatives that voted against this? I could see. You know, let's look. Because I'm trying to see if, are there any Democrats I can trust right now? There we go. Damn, they were just talking about the sin in a bunch of articles. Okay. The House vote was 222 to 203. Okay. Yeah, like, uh... Representative Adam Kinzinger, Republican Illinois, voted with all Democrats in favor of the proposal. Okay, and, and no Democrats voted against it? No. Okay, so there is not a single Democrat in the House of Representatives or the Senate that I can vote for now, period. They're all corrupt to me now. If they're going to let this shit go through, then the whole party is corrupt to me. Yeah, all Republicans besides Kinzinger voted against the measure. Okay, so Kinzinger is the only Republican, and this is in the House? Yeah. Okay, so Kinzinger is the only Republican I can trust uh, in the House of Representatives. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, well that that's pretty fucked up. A bipartisan group, uh, the group is having early discussions on background checks 
and red flag laws in the wake of the mass shooting in Texas. Okay, well, this is this is this is all bad for for our ability to keep our country from being as draconian as Australia and Germany and France and Canada. Okay, who was in the meeting? Senators Joe Manchin, Susan Collins, Kirsten Cinema. Not expecting these names. Pat Toomey, Richard Blumenthal, Chris Murphy, Lindsey Graham. Martin Heinrich and Bill Cassidy. Shit, who the fuck is this? Maybe who knows? We might have some drama happening. Okay, nothing heavy. Okay, yeah, let's go on. That was all the people who were at the meeting. Hmm? So that's all the people that were at the meeting. Okay. Okay. Wasn't expecting Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema to be on it, but... Well, why wouldn't you? You know, they're the moderate Democrats. They're the ones that are going to take, that are likely to somewhat take our guns away from us. So, you know, I'd expect that from them. Yeah, I guess that's true. You know, they're going to side with the Democrats on taking our guns away in some way, maybe not as heavy in certain ways, but they're going to side with it on some ways. Yeah, they met to discuss background checks and red flag laws, which allow law enforcement to confiscate guns if an individual is a threat to himself or others. Yeah, yeah, shit. Which they can decide that's a little shit. More bullshit. They are also discussing school safety. Okay. And that's pretty much it. Okay. Welcome back to the Kyle Chaos and Aaron Order Show. I'm your host, Aaron Order. John Durham's case against Michael Sussman just got tougher. Okay. Yeah. 
hot dogs. I thought those hot dogs, like, that was, like, early last month. I haven't bought any, I haven't bought any hot dogs since way the beginning of the month. Yeah, no, that's it. Yeah, yeah, no, no. That was, yeah, no, I had that. That was, that was early in the month. I haven't bought any, like, the last time I went grocery shopping, I didn't buy any hot dogs. But, uh, corn dogs, but not hot dogs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was. Yeah, yeah. You know, they go oh, right on. Hey, hey. Right on. You know, they, they're good at that. Yeah, no, they're good at that. Right, right on. in my head are saying my mom is really scared or my mom's really angry well good mom I hope you know, you're someone who deserves to be killed just like uh, Sharon Tate like my sister and my dad I should have been able to cut the fetus out of my sister's stomach when she was pregnant with Sophia Supreme Court allows Biden administration to continue counting the costs of planet warming emissions. Okay, wait, say, this, say this again. Supreme Court. Okay, al- okay no. Oh, shit. You were talking to me, and Aaron is talking to me. We're doing a podcast right now. So. Okay, it's all right. Anyway, okay, what were you saying, Aaron? Supreme Court allows Biden administration to continue counting the costs of planet warming emissions. Yay, at least they did that. At least they did one thing good for us. Damn. Probably because there's not much teeth in it, but... Okay, at least that's one good thing that the Supreme Court's done.
Trump personally blasts Kellyanne Conway. Go back to her crazy husband. The anti-vaccine movement's new frontier. Okay. Um, was it, did we just go over a headline before that? Yeah. Okay, what was the headline we went over before it? Because it wasn't, went past me really fast for that, knowing what it was. Trump personally blasts Kellyanne Conway. Go back to her crazy husband. Okay, what's this on? Uh, it's a three-minute listen. Okay. Yeah, let's, okay, let's listen to it. Attention Ohio Medicaid members, at Buckeye Health Plan, we get you access to a large network of doctors and pediatricians near you, so you can get the care you need close to home. And we get you whole health benefits for your whole family, including medical, vision, dental, and mental health coverage. Plus, Buckeye Health Plan members earn dollar rewards for making healthy choices, like going to the doctor or getting a flu shot. Get Medicaid you can count on with Buckeye Health Plan. Go to choosebuckeye.com today. Trump personally blasts Kellyanne Conway. Go back to her crazy husband. By Zachary Petrizo. Former President Donald Trump on Thursday morning personally lashed out at Kellyanne Conway over her new memoir, Here's the Deal, in which she recalled telling the ex-president that he definitively lost the 2020 election. While the first team Trump rebuke of Conway and her book came earlier this week via a spokesperson, this latest lashing was posted by Trump himself to his Truth Social platform. Kellyanne Conway never told me that she thought we lost the election. If she had I wouldn't have dealt with her any longer, she would have been wrong, could go back to her crazy husband, Trump wrote, referring to his former advisor and campaign manager's fervently anti-Trump husband George Conway. Writing books can make people say some very strange things. In the book, Conway claims to have been one of the first advisors to tell Trump that he lost the election he has since maintained was stolen from him. I may have been the first person Donald Trump trusted in his inner circle who told him that he had come up short this time, Conway wrote. She did not respond to the Daily Beast's request for comment on Thursday. Elsewhere in her memoir, Conway took aim at the advisors who surrounded Trump and who continually echoed and enabled his disastrous and baseless claim that the 2020 election was rigged and stolen via widespread voter fraud. Can't get enough of this reporting? Subscribe here to get Confider, the Daily Beast's media newsletter. Rather than accepting responsibility for the loss, they played along and lent full-throated encouragement, privately, not on TV, when Trump kept insisting he won, she recalled. The team had failed on November 3rd, and they failed again afterward. 
by not confronting the candidate with the grim reality of his situation, that the proof had not surfaced to support the claims, they denied him the evidence he sought and the respect he was due. Instead supplicant after sycophant after showman genuflected in front of the resolute desk and promised the president goods they could not deliver. This isn't the first time Team Trump has tossed cold water on some of the claims in Conway's book. As exclusively reported by the Daily Beast over the weekend, Conway alleged that, in October 2016, amid the fallout from the Access Hollywood tapes, Trump mulled quitting the election. Should I get out of the race? Conway recalled Trump asking her on the night of October 8th, while he further pondered, will I lose? Will we lose? Can we still win? Following that report, Trump's chief spokesperson Liz Harrington told the Daily Beast that Conway's claims about that conversation were totally false. I don't need to be lectured by spokespeople who weren't there and certainly didn't help him win, Conway told the Daily Beast in response. That's the end of it. The anti-vaccine movement's new frontier. Okay, well, anyway, the last article, I wanted to end it, like, right at, because it was, if all this was was about somebody saying that Trump didn't win the 2020 election, it's like, God damn, we like, wasted three minutes on that? But okay. That's old news, you know, shit. PR stunt or show of strength. Russia slashes interest rates. No, no, wait. Go back to the other one. The vaccine one. You keep skipping over these articles like before I like process what you just said. What was a, the vaccine one? Or... A wave of parents have been radicalized by COVID-era misinformation to reject ordinary childhood immunizations with potentially... No, that's not misinformation. That's truth. The, the, the information telling people to reject ordinary child immunizations was truth that was... Uh, I discovered back in 1994. And that's not misinformation. Well, this article's a listen, and it's an hour and 44 seconds. Okay. You want to keep it moving? Um. Yeah, let's go into the. Uh, no, let's. I'm, I mean, I'm interested in this article on the vaccine thing because I mean they're saying it's misinformation, but you know, like, I gotta say it's truth. But you know, like, there's a movement starting going against vaccines. That you know, finally, what was started in '94 is finally. Uh, Starting to, uh, you know, as I heard about it in 94 and I was listening to the uh, truthful information about it back in 2015, 
and now over the past since uh, Trump, like finally this movement's really getting uh, uh, some momentum. So like this is a good thing to me as much as they're going to pl- say it's a bad thing, but. Uh, This article is from the May 29th, 2022 issue of the magazine and was written by Moises Velasquez Manoff, read by Anthony Ray Perez. The mother of four brought her children, ranging in age from grade school to high school, to the doctor's office last summer for their annual checkup. When their pediatrician, Robert Frolke, said that it was time for shots and several boosters and then mentioned the COVID vaccine... Her reaction stunned him. I'm not going to kill my children, Frolke recalls her saying as she began to shake and weep. He ushered her out of the examination room, away from her children, and tried to calm her. We're just trying to help your kids be healthy, he told her. But he didn't press the issue. He sensed that she wasn't persuadable at that moment, and he didn't want to drive her away from his practice altogether. That really shook me up, he says. In his 14 years of practicing medicine in Littleton, a Denver suburb, Frolke had seen parents decline their children's vaccines for the sake of a more natural lifestyle. He had also seen parents, worried about overstressing their children's bodies, request that vaccinations be given on different schedules. But until the past nine months or so, he had rarely seen parents with already vaccinated children refuse additional vaccines. Some of these parents were even rejecting boosters of the same shots they unquestioningly accepted for their children just a few years earlier. Froki estimates that he has faced around 20 such parents, maybe more. A father who said he had done his own research and sent Froki a ream of printouts from right-wing and anti-vaccine websites to prove it. A mother, who is a nurse, who adamantly refused routine boosters for a kindergarten-age daughter, and then later, when the child got sick with COVID-19, asked Froki without success to give the deworming drug ivermectin to her. The overall number of these new doubters in his practice hasn't been large, he says, but considering it was almost zero before the pandemic, the trend is both notable and worrisome. These parents are not uneducated, Froki told me. Some of them are literally rocket scientists at the nearby Lockheed Martin facility. What has happened, he suspects, is that rampant misinformation related to the COVID-19 vaccines and the fact that pundits like Tucker Carlson on Fox News have devoted a lot of time to bashing them, among other untruths, he has suggested that the vaccines make people more likely to contract COVID-19, not less, has begun to taint some people's view of long-established vaccines. I think we're going to see more of this, more spillover of persons who had previously vaccinated their children and who are now not going to vaccinate, he says. Such doubt has been accompanied by, and may have been augmented by, an erosion of confidence in medical expertise generally. We used to be able to persuade more with our background and training, He says, parents trusted his advice because he was a doctor. Now, when he cites the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention or other official guidelines, skeptical parents sometimes accuse him of being a shill, 
of having been lied to and taken in by some vast conspiracy. It's very concerning, this lack of trust, he says. Southern California, Savannah, Georgia, rural Alabama, Houston. Pediatricians in all these places told me about similar experiences with parents pushing back against routine vaccines. Jason Turk, a pediatrician in Keller, Texas, called the phenomenon the other contagion, a new hesitation or refusal by patients to take vaccines they previously accepted. Eric Ball, okay, well a pediatrician in Orange County, California, the said the, the number of children in his practice who were fully vaccinated had declined by 5%, compared with before the pandemic. He has been hearing more questions about established childhood vaccines. How long has it been around? Why give it? From parents who vaccinated older children without much hesitation, but are now confronted with the prospect of vaccinating babies born during the pandemic. Some of these parents end up holding off, he says, telling him they want to do more research. There's a lot of misinformation about the COVID vaccines, and it just bleeds into everything, he says. These fake stories and bad information get stuck in people's heads, and they understandably get confused. In another part of Orange County, Kate Williamson reports seeing more reluctance in her pediatric practice. Though she notes that vaccine hesitancy is not new, doctors in relatively conservative Orange County in particular have weathered earlier anti-vaccine flare-ups. The politicization of the issue seems different this time. I have this worry in the back of my mind that we're up against something that we have never seen before, she says. To have something that could be anti-science as part of a political identity and culture is very concerning. In Savannah, according to a pediatrician named Ben Spitalnik, many first-time parents have been asking questions about vaccines that he had not heard in the past. Two years of seeing the doubts about COVID vaccines expressed on social media, he thinks, is causing parents to question other signs as well. He and his colleagues, like Williamson and Ball, inform parents that they should find other doctors if they choose not to vaccinate their children. And he told me a number of patients have indeed left his practice. If this dynamic continues, it could threaten decades of progress in controlling infectious disease. The CDC has registered a one percentage point drop in childhood vaccinations since the pandemic began. 94% of American kindergartners were up to date with their vaccines in the 2020 to 21 school year compared with 95% the previous year. Meaning that not only have vaccinations in this age group fallen below the CDC's 95% target, but also some 35,000 fewer children were vaccinated that year. Ball, Williamson, and Spitalnik estimate that the volume of skeptical questions has increased by 5-10% to 10 over the past three years. It doesn't sound big, Spitalnik says but it's an awful lot of babies. That could also get you below herd immunity. While there is a lack of data about how widespread this newfound intransigence toward vaccines is, the possibility that it may be spreading worries nearly every expert I queried. The anti-vaccine movement is so strong, 
so well organized, so well funded, I doubt it will stop at COVID-19 vaccines, says Peter Hotez, the dean of the National School of Tropical Medicine at Baylor College of Medicine. I think it's going to extend to childhood vaccinations. Political affiliation may be an important factor behind what Folke and others are experiencing. Though his practice is in Jefferson County, which leans progressive, he sees many patients from nearby Douglas County, which is more conservative. It went for Trump by more than seven points in 2020. And Folke thinks he may be seeing more newly minted naysayers than some of his peers. A couple of other pediatricians I spoke to in Denver had not seen more doubters, simply because more of his patients lean to the right politically. David Broniatowski, an associate professor at George Washington University who studies online misinformation, says that because COVID vaccines have become so charged politically, one of the largest groups in the country, white conservatives, may have also become the most susceptible to the skullduggery swirling around vaccines. To my mind, they are a vulnerable audience that is targeted for manipulation by a pretty small number of grifters, Broniatowski says. It's a crazy scenario where a dominant demographic in the country may be the most vulnerable population right now. In 2019, even before the pandemic struck, the World Health Organization listed growing vaccine hesitancy as one of its top 10 threats to global health. WHO officials often refer to the contagion of misinformation that foments vaccine hesitancy as an infodemic. Mountains of incorrect and sometimes flagrantly conspiratorial information about diseases that leads people to avoid life-saving medical practices, like the vaccines used to fight them. Now the pandemic has given anti-vaccine advocates an opportunity to field test a variety of messages and find new recruits. And one message in particular seems to be resonating widely. Vaccines and vaccine mandates are an attack on freedom. They are. Although it is convenient to refer to anti-vaccine efforts as a movement, there really is no single movement. Rather, disparate interests are converging on a single issue. Many reject the anti-vaccine label altogether, claiming instead to be pro-vaccine choice pro-safe vaccine, or vaccine skeptical. For some, there may be a way to make money by pushing the notion that vaccines are dangerous. For politicians and commentators, the tyranny of vaccine mandates can offer a political rallying cry. For states like Russia, which has disseminated both pro- and anti-vaccine messages on social media in other countries, vaccines are another target for informational warfare. Okay, For conspiracy-minded private citizens, vaccine misinformation can be a way to make sense of the world, even if the explanations they arrive at are often nightmarish and bizarre. The process of swaying people with messaging that questions vaccines is how disinformation, deliberately fabricated falsehoods and half-truths, becomes misinformation or incorrect information passed along unwittingly. Motivated by the best intentions, these people nonetheless end up amplifying the contagion and the damaging impact of half-truths and distortions. This is a deadly movement, Peter oh, Hotez told me. That's a bunch of crap. With things like terrorism and nuclear proliferation, we have lots of infrastructure. 
for this, we don't have anything. Oh, well. In 1904, the U.S. Supreme Court heard the case of Henning Jacobson, a Swedish immigrant and minister who refused to comply with the vaccine mandate in Massachusetts. He had been fined $5, equivalent to about $170 today. At issue was how much control states had over residents' bodies. It was part of a fight that stretches back to the very first vaccine mandate in the 19th century and the backlashes they inspired. The arguments against mandatory vaccination then were similar to those we hear now. Vaccines are dangerous, they kill children, they infringe on personal freedom. The remarkable constancy of these claims over time is due, in part, to the fact that vaccines raise legitimately complicated and enduring questions about how much autonomy any individual should surrender for the greater good and how to apportion risk between individuals and society. In Jacobson's case, the court ultimately ruled that states did have the power to mandate vaccination when public safety was threatened but not yeah, if individuals could show that the vaccine would like harm or kill them. In the early 20th century, as improvements in sanitation blunted the spread of many diseases, public health authorities moved away from outright mandates to policies of persuasion. Vaccine science accelerated too. When the polio vaccine became widely available in 1955, it helped children avoid the frightening paralytic conditions caused by the virus including the loss of the ability to breathe. A decade later, scientists licensed a vaccine for the measles virus, which was still sickening tens of thousands yearly and killing hundreds. In 1980, the World Health Organization declared that the smallpox virus, which kills up to 30% of the people it infects, had finally been eradicated through vaccination. Today, Childhood infections that were often fatal or disabling as recently as the mid-20th century, diphtheria, rubella, whooping cough, measles, mumps, polio, very rarely cause deaths in the developed world. Such public health successes are why some scientists regard vaccines as the single greatest medical advance in human history. Okay, well, a lot of people disagree But that with you, very triumph has, paradoxically hindered the effort to counter vaccine skepticism. In the developed world, only a small portion of the population has seen the death and suffering caused by the diseases of eras past. Vaccines, in the minds of many, have come to pose a greater threat than the diseases that they have helped nearly vanquish. In a sense, vaccines have become victims of their own success. The modern iteration of the anti-vaccine movement is often traced to 1998. That February, a group of doctors and scientists held a news conference at the Royal Free Hospital in London. They had potentially incendiary findings to discuss, which were about to appear in The Lancet, a prestigious medical journal. Their paper speculatively proposed a link between the measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine the first dose of which is commonly given to children during their second year of life, and regressive autism, a mysterious condition whose prevalence seemed to be spreading. The single vaccine against the three viruses, the paper's authors suggested, might cause an inflammatory disease of the gut, and the resulting intestinal dysfunction could affect the brain's development. 
I cannot support the continued use of the three vaccines given together. Andrew Wakefield, the British gastroenterologist who had led the research, said, My concerns are that one more case of this is too many. His words still reverberate around the world. Other skeptics had objected to vaccines over the course of the 20th century. For example, blaming the whooping cough vaccine for causing neurological problems in children. But the medical establishment convincingly disproved the idea that the whooping cough vaccine could lead to lasting neurological damage. By contrast, the doubts Wakefield expressed about a relatively new childhood vaccine, the combined MMR shots had been introduced in Britain only in 1988, prompted a wave of fear about vaccines that continues to this day. Measles immunization rates quickly dropped in parts of London, and within years, outbreaks began occurring in Britain and elsewhere in Europe. What seems to have been lost on the general public and the media was just how weak, scientifically speaking, the Lancet paper about the MMR vaccine really was. The study, which involved only 12 subjects, was so small as to render firm conclusions impossible. It had no comparison group of non-autistic children, and the subjects were not chosen randomly, a flaw in the study that could have possibly introduced significant bias into the results. At best, the paper should have been used to spur stronger studies that confirmed or refuted its speculation. Instead, many media outlets, including 60 Minutes, treated Wakefield as one side in an ongoing scientific debate about MMR vaccine safety, when in reality there wasn't much debate at all among most scientists. Wakefield's position started to unravel in fairly short order. In 2001, after he declined to conduct a larger study to substantiate or refute the contents of the Lancet study, the funding for his work at University College London dried up, according to Mark Pepys, then head of the university's Department of Medicine at the Royal Free Campus and Wakefield left his job there. Ten of his twelve co-authors from the original 1998 paper issued a Retraction of an Interpretation in 2004. We wish to make it clear that in this paper no causal link was established between MMR vaccine and autism, they wrote. Next came a series of damning articles from an investigative journalist named Brian Deere. Several appeared in the Times of London and two others in the BMJ, formerly the British Medical Journal. They revealed apparent conflicts of interest and included, among other shortcomings, evidence of what he said was scientific fraud. Medical records suggested that some of the children had developmental problems before they received the vaccines. Deere also found that Wakefield's work had been funded by a lawyer representing parents of autistic children who thought they had been harmed by vaccines. The lawyer needed evidence to support the claim that vaccines had damaged the children he represented and had paid Wakefield to find it. In 2010, the same year that a whooping cough epidemic in California led to the death of 10 infants, nine of them unvaccinated, and also sent more than 800 people, most of them young children, to the hospital, Britain's General Medical Council stripped Wakefield of his medical license. He had breached medical ethics by subjecting children to unwarranted and potentially painful procedures, the council charged. Soon after that, 
the Lancet retract. Yeah, no, well, that, that doesn't make my dick hard. So. <laughs> nah, I don't think so. She's she freaks me out too much, and she's all tweaked out. Shit. Uh, was that the end of the, art- the article, or is there more to this? There's more. Okay, yeah, if we put it back on, I'm sorry, what's his name? Starts babbling. Russell starts babbling. Which a British gastroimmunologist described in testimony as probably the worst paper ever published in the journal's history. In the early 2000s, Wakefield landed in Texas, where he worked for one autism-related charity and co-founded another. He still has an ardent base of supporters and, where he can find a receptive audience, gives talks about the supposed dangers of vaccines. Those appearances have included speaking to the Somali immigrant community in Minneapolis that some years after his visits in 2010 and 2011 experienced a measles outbreak stemming from a decline in vaccinations, and video Q&A sessions for paying members at his film production website. Wakefield has also directed films such as Vaxxed, From Cover-Up to Catastrophe, a 2016 documentary that, along with other familiar anti-vaccine attacks, charges that the CDC is hiding data showing that vaccines are dangerous. The documentary was scheduled to run in that year's Tribeca Film Festival, which was co-founded by the actor Robert De Niro, who has an autistic son. De Niro then pulled the film after an uproar. And yet, Vaxxed was featured on Amazon Prime's homepage for a time. It was finally removed from the streaming service after the California congressman Adam Schiff publicized its presence there in 2019. Even as at least 16 well-designed epidemiological studies by different researchers around the world using different methods have failed to find a link between vaccines and autism, Wakefield still contends that vaccines are dangerous and that he's the victim of a smear campaign. Wakefield did not respond to requests for comment made through his publisher and his film production website. How did a paper with such a small sample size and an obviously weak design, a paper that was ultimately retracted, have such an outsized influence around the world? He made news. He gave lots of press conferences. Dorit Rice, a professor at the University of California, Hastings College of Law, who studies vaccine policy, told me. And the media was very supportive. And research that could persuasively refute his contention was initially lacking, notes Daniel Solomon, the director of the Institute for Vaccine Safety at Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. It took a couple years to do studies showing that it wasn't true, Solomon says. In those couple years, Wakefield traveled the world saying vaccines caused autism. Seven years after the notorious Lancet paper, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., son of the assassinated senator, jumped into the vaccine autism fray. In 2005, Rolling Stone and Salon, an online publication, co-published an article by Kennedy in which he argued that thimerosal, the mercury-laden preservative used in some vaccines, 
was damaging children's brains and could be driving what many had come to call the autism epidemic. Kennedy has said that his exploration of vaccine science that led to the article was spurred by a conversation with a mother of an autistic boy who, armed with stacks of scientific papers, persuaded him that the onset of her son's autism coincided with his early childhood vaccinations. He was already familiar with Mercury's toxicity from his work as an environmental lawyer. Kennedy's article, which opens with the description of a secretive government meeting supposedly convened by the CDC where the use of mercury compounds in vaccines was discussed, had all the makings of a thriller about government malfeasance. But soon after it appeared, the article, which had been fact-checked by Rolling Stone, required several corrections. Kennedy got numbers wrong. He took quotes out of context, making them seem more sinister than they really were. In 2011, after the journalist Seth Mnookin brought more attention to the article's flaws in his book, The Panic Virus, Salon removed the article from its site entirely. Numerous well-designed studies have failed to support the connection between thimerosal and vaccines and autism. And the supposed link became even harder to argue for when the preservative was... Uh, I think we got the gist. Yeah, and most of this is... I mean, they're, they're pointing out that, yes, there is no connection between vaccines and autism. And, yes, that has been disproven. But they haven't been able to disprove that the vaccines cause you to get the thing you're trying to get vaccinated from. And there have been a bunch of studies showing that. And, I mean, the basic gist of this article as much as, like, most of this is just propaganda, except for, yes, they are able to disprove Wakefield studies and any connection to vaccines and autism. But the anti-vaccine movement has been about other studies that are more about the vaccines causing you to get the disease that you're trying to get the vaccine to not get. You know, I, I probably word it better, but the, the, they're causing you to get the disease that you're taking the vaccine to not get. You know, I, mean, I don't know any other way to say it. Maybe I could say it better, but. And uh, it's a good movement. It was started as a liberal movement. And when Trump got on it, then the conservatives started to, the Republicans started to latch onto it. But they're saying, oh, this is a conservative movement. And, you know, it's not a conservative movement. It is a, a, a big movement. And there's uh, maybe not big, but now that the Republicans have latched onto it, it's finally gotten mainstream coverage. But there were a bunch of studies on this and a bunch of, in, uh, like since 1994, showing that the vaccines caused you to get the thing that you're supposed to, that they're supposed to help you not get, basically. But, uh, and other problems with vaccines. But, uh, so overall, this is propaganda trying to make a movement that really has been trying to, to spread the truth about what's going on. And, and trying to make it look bad by going through the one thing that a lot of people are talking about, which is vaccines connection to autism, which there is no truth about, and trying to make, because this was disproven, that every other study that showed that there were problems with vaccines is also disproven. And uh, this is, is propaganda, but the good 
the thing is, is that the anti-vaccine movement has gotten a huge boost since Trump and since uh, the uh, since the uh, uh, people not wanting to get the uh, the uh, COVID vaccine. Yeah, 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 sure. Okay, anyway. PR stunt or show of strength. Russia slashes interest rates. What? PR stunt or show of strength. Russia slashes interest rates. Okay. Um, and now let's go into this. Looks like it's a video. At Amazon, hourly employees earn benefits that support themselves and their families. Benefits like health care on day one and up to 20 weeks of fully paid leave for new parents. But that's just the start. We're always improving for our employees and their families. Well, there are two sides to the story of what's going on with Russia's economy right now. On the one hand, because of central bank action, there has not been a financial crisis. The ruble has staged an extraordinary comeback from a record low in March to close to a four-year high today. There was no sustained run on the banks, and so the central bank felt it had wiggle room on Thursday to cut rates for a third time in two months to 11%, not far off where they were when the war started. Financial stability risks decreased, the central bank noted, and inflation is slowing. So why couldn't they wait two weeks for the next regularly scheduled meeting? Well, this is the other side of the story. One reason, because too strong a ruble actually makes Russia's exports less competitive. Exports it's now reliant upon to fund its war and prop up its economy, especially given half the central bank's reserves are frozen by sanctions. And secondly, because the ruble is not the economy, and the economy is facing mounting problems. Yes, its total energy exports have remained relatively constant, but it's cut off from key imports, which is having a major impact on industries, and it's in the midst of an exodus of Western companies, some of them major employers. Cutting rates, in theory, will help spur economic activity. And it came alongside fiscal measures. On Wednesday, President Putin announcing that the country's minimum wage and state pension will go up by 10% from June 1st to help people deal with inflation, which is currently at 17.5%. More money, of course, means a lower chance of political dissent. And as one expert noted to me, another rate cut also gives the Russian government a good news story to distract from its economic decline. Claire Sebastian, CNN, London. Okay, so I guess Russia's economy isn't doing as bad as they think it is. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if that means our economy is doing any less worse than we think it is, but uh, who knows. Yeah, pretty much. FBI chief says CBP facing heck of a challenge. 
with national security threats at southern border. Okay. Um, uh, and I guess go into it a little bit and hope this isn't just a thing to get people to hate Mexican people, but since it's coming from Google, it might not be. So, like, trying to like figure out how much reality is in this or not. Looks like it's a video. Alexa, it's a Buick. Don't make me turn this Alexa around. Oh my. Painful. The Buick Enclave with available Alexa built in. All right. We really wanted to bring you in focus today, the four sheriffs from different states. And um, we will do that. I just want to explain what we're going to do because we're having such. Yeah, this is about the uh, sheriff's opinions on Title 42. We got to read the article. What is it? So this is about the sheriff's opinion on Title 42. We got to read the article. Okay, so yeah, let, let's read the article then. There have been more than 100 encounters of people on the terror watch list at the U.S. borders. FBI Director Christopher Wray told lawmakers on Wednesday that Customs and Border Protection are facing a heck of a challenge due to the national security threats at the southern border. Senator Jerry Moran, Republican Kansas, asked Ray at a Senate hearing about the FBI assessment of our national security threats along our border, southern border in particular. If he could say more about the number of known or suspected terrorists encountered coming in from Mexico... Ray told Moran that, or Moran, that border security is a major, major challenge, and that any porous point of entry is a potential vulnerability that bad actors of all sorts, including national security threats, can seek to exploit. He said that he has been down to FBI field offices that have border crossings as part of their areas of responsibility and met with Customs and Border Protection officials. I've had CBP folks show me around so I could see firsthand what they're dealing with, and they have a heck of a challenge on their hands. And we, through our Joint Terrorism Task Forces in particular, work very closely with our Department of Homeland Security partners to try to bring the counterterrorism dimension to the threat. He said he couldn't say any more in an open hearing, but added that certainly you're right to be focused on it as an issue of concern.
According to CBP, there have been 157 encounters of people on the terrorist screening database at U.S. borders so far in fiscal year 2022, between ports of entry and 35 encounters between ports of entry. Fox News reported this week that a suspected terrorist was released into the U.S. in April and was not apprehended until two weeks after he was flagged by the FBI. The suspected terrorist is Nardo Garcia Amado. 35 was released into the United States by Border Patrol agents on April 18th near Yuma, Arizona, and given a GPS monitoring device as an alternative to detention. According to a memo from federal source from a federal source obtained by Fox News. Yeah, so they're tagging these motherfuckers like a whale in the ocean. Garcia Amado, a Colombian citizen, was then flagged by the Federal Bureau of Investigations Terrorist Screening Center on April 21st, which determined he is a match on the terror watch list. Meanwhile, the Department of Justice announced on Tuesday that it had arrested an Iraqi national for an alleged plot to help four Iraqi nationals come into the United States across the southern border to help kill former President George W. Bush. And that's the end of the article. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, should we go to the next article? Yeah. Wealthy shoppers are splurging at Macy's. Low-income shoppers are pulling back at Walmart. Mm-hmm. Man, I forgot I heard about Wendy's is trying to sell their company. Oh, that sucks. Goddamn. I mean, I don't know. I mean, as long as they go, but it depends on who buys them. Oh, no. Wendy's needs cheaper food. If they merge with some other fast food place, that's going to suck. Wendy's needs cheaper food, because last time I went there and I bought me and my two friends some food, it cost a lot. Okay. That could be a reason why they're not doing it. They are... uh, They were a good place when... I mean, I haven't been to a Wendy's since I was in... uh, Since I lived in, in Riverside County. But uh, they did make some good tasting uh, munchies, and uh, they uh, have a lot of variety of what you can get. So it's uh, I mean, they were one of the better. To me, they were one of the better tasting uh, fast food places. Uh, I would hate to see them be bought out by 
some other company that also does fast food. Because <laughs> then I think they won't be as unique of a place. And, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Their Frosties were good, and their Frosty Chinos, which I had gotten a chance to, to try, but I always wanted to try one of those. Yeah, their Frosties are definitely banging. Yeah, yeah, definitely. UK hits oil and gas companies with six billion windfall tax. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's go. Uh... Okay, so uh, let's go. Let's go into this uh, article. Uh, I guess this video is about it. Amazon has a fantastic parental leave. 20 weeks off, fully paid. Spending that extra time with them just meant so much to me. He's only going to be really little once. Heating homes, cooking food, and fueling industry. Europe depends on natural gas for its energy needs. The EU imports 90% of it, leaving the bloc vulnerable to a surge in prices over the last few months. It's a classic case of supply and demand. As economies roar back to life post-pandemic and need more fuel, demand goes up. On a supply side, a long winter depleted gas reserves and weak solar and wind output during the summer meant alternatives weren't able to fill the gap. The effects are particularly clear here in the UK, where at least nine energy suppliers went bust just in September. One energy CEO told me many more could be at risk. I think Warren Buffett famously said something like, you know, when the tide goes out, you get to see you swimming naked. Um, And, you know, certainly some of those energy suppliers didn't forward hedge their positions. And consequently, we're now seeing them buying energy at extraordinarily high prices from the spot market and Countries including Spain, France, Italy and Greece have already announced measures to protect consumers from the spike in prices. But what's really needed to bring prices down is more fuel, even if it damages countries' climate targets. A lot of countries across Europe are quietly um, switching on coal-fired power stations again that have been mothballed in the last few years because, uh, you know, rather run something dirty than... uh, run out of electricity. Gas is a cleaner option, and it's possible more could be on the way. For over 30 years, Gazprom has been a reliable gas supplier to the countries of Europe. President Vladimir Putin says Russia could export more gas. Amidst accusations, Europe's biggest supplier has been withholding exports to keep prices high. This offer, though, may have strings attached. They might be pumping less supply um, to Europe uh, because they want to support Nord Stream 2 pipeline, which is ready going into Germany, but it's not approved yet. And they have been sending less gas through their pipelines going through Ukraine and into Europe. Would approving Nord Stream 2, the new pipeline, would that solve the issue? 
Probably not. Just the regulatory process will take several months. And even if it got approved right now, which it won't, um, it would take several weeks for the gas to be fully piped through the system and arrive in Europe to make a difference. One of the simplest solutions to the gas crisis is out of policymakers' control. A mild winter would ease prices. Within their control, speeding up the transition to cleaner energy sources without leaving consumers still reliant on gas out in the cold. Anna Stewart, CNN, London. Okay. It uh, sounds pretty for real. Um, let's go to the uh, next article. Uh, yeah, we do need to get off of oil, but uh, okay. GOP representatives Perry Biggs formally object to subpoena from House January 6th committee. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, say this. Okay, so uh, yeah, let's go into this. Republican Representative Scott Perry of Pennsylvania and Andy Biggs of Arizona have formally objected to being subpoenaed by the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th insurrection. The committee subpoenaed Perry and Biggs along with House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy. Representatives Mo Brooks of Alabama and Jim Jordan of Ohio earlier this month. The spokesperson for the committee declined to comment. The committee had asked Perry and Biggs to sit for depositions on Thursday. And they filed letters with the committee objecting to the subpoenas for their testimony, the source told CNN. In a letter obtained by CNN on Wednesday, Jordan pushed back on his subpoena, questioning its constitutionality and making a list of demands he wants met by the committee before he considers moving forward. The panel subpoenaed each of the Republican lawmakers after they refused to cooperate voluntarily. Okay. Perry okay, so was who the were the lawmakers again? Scott Perry, Andy Biggs. Yeah, that's it. Okay, that's two. They said four lawmakers. Oh, Perry. Welcome back to the Kyle Chaos and Aaron Order show. I'm your host, Aaron Order. And I'm Kyle Chaos. So tune in next time when we hear more about how we're being screwed with and how we're trying to stop ourselves from being screwed with. Um, um, I'm trying to remember... uh, I mean, I'd, I'd say the anti-vaccine movement 
getting so much press is us stopping ourselves from being screwed with. Um, I'm not as much as they tried to turn it into a propaganda article. It showed like the weakest arguments in the anti-vaccine movement as you know over and over again, and not go through you know to, to disprove the whole movement and uh, not go through the other good arguments that have been proven that the anti-vaccine movement talks about. But. Uh, <laughs> That was kind of a, but okay, at least the, the movement is, is expanding. I don't know, most of the rest of everything we heard was definitely us being screwed with. We're being screwed with by the anti-terrorist, uh, uh, the, the, what is it, Domestic Terrorist Act. Pretty much everyone in the Democratic Party is, is in, in, that, in the uh, House and in, in Congress that's a Democrat is screwing us over pretty much even the ones that got elected saying they weren't going to screw us over uh because of this uh this uh law passing um and uh yeah anyway so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Either way, uh, I don't know. I'm just, I just uh, fuck the Christians and their apt their uh, abstinence arg- arguments. Fuck them <laughs> and my mom and dad. As far as uh, all their bullshit and. Uh, Either way, more madness. Who knows what's gonna happen? But I'm not gonna slow down. I need what I need. <laughs> Alright, get out of here, you hippers. This hippie's bailing. Alright, peace out. Peace out.